At the foot of the Bighorns in beautiful Buffalo is an amazing restaurant with a new look and feel called Cattle Guard Steakhouse and Saloon. This restaurant, formerly known as Winchester's, offers a true West lively and upscale dining experience. Call now to secure your reservation and experience what delicious food, spectacular service, and amazing prices are once again. If you have to sit for a spell, you can enjoy a drink from the bar. Call 684-8636, Cattle Guard Steakhouse and Saloon, 117 Highway 16, East in Buffalo. You bagged your trophy elk. Now imagine having its ivory handcrafted into the perfect piece of jewelry. At Legacy Diamond and Gems, their in-house jewelers can take your memory of the big hunt and preserve it into fine pieces of jewelry to last generations. Using your imagination, the skilled jewelers at Legacy Diamond and Gems can create something truly exceptional. Visit them at 11 North Main Street or online at LegacyDiamondGems.com. Hurry in now. Alpha Graphics is expanding. We recently acquired Sheridan Printing and have moved our shop to a new, larger location. We're now located at 2266 North Main, next door to the Social Security office. Our office is open while construction is in progress. Or, if you'd rather, you can contact us by calling 674-6227 or online at alphagraphicsheridan.com. We look forward to working with all of you in 2022. We're getting ready to tee it up. The grass is greening up, and things are happening at Kendrick Golf Course. Kendrick looks to be in great shape, and the clubhouse is prepped and ready for use. While there are a lot of new things happening, rates are still extremely reasonable, making Kendrick Golf Course Sheridan's best golf value. Whether you're an avid golfer or someone just picking up the game, Kendrick is a perfect place for you. Play this season at Kendrick Golf Course. Hoops Hysteria, presented by Sheridan Motors and Homestar. Let's weigh in with our VIPs on the national championship. I got Duke 71-66. I'm going with Duke 74-69. Better blue. It's right. quite literally the blue bloods. Main and that's a great show. It's on blue. Yeah. It's a great show, too. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even get that. That was funny. Yeah, okay, yeah. blue bloods. I got you. Duke to win it all? Yeah, I'll go Duke. Just for the story. Krzyzewski into the sunset with the chipper. Is with that the a way to ride out to win an NCAA tournament? Uh, yeah, mic drop. Pittsburgh Paint, with over 135 years of product expertise, is now available at the Sheridan Commercial Company. Hi, Kurt Smith here. You will now find Pittsburgh Paint at the Sheridan Commercial Company. Pittsburgh Paint is a leader in quality and product innovation and built to perform for the job at hand. Now with two great paint brands, precise color matching, architectural and homeowner paints and coatings, plus a large inventory, it only makes sense to get your paint at the Sheridan Commercial Company at 303 Broadway. Open seven days a week. Today isn't just another ordinary day. It's time for you to make a career change. And your locally owned McDonald's in Sheridan, Buffalo, and Gillette would like you to join their team. Owner Larry Storrow. Bob, you can earn up to $15 per hour. And even better is that you can work today and get paid tomorrow. We'll help you improve your career potential with benefits that include health insurance, paid vacation, tuition assistance, flexible scheduling, food discounts, and more. Apply in person today at your locally owned McDonald's in Sheridan, Buffalo, and Gillette. Good morning and welcome to Public Pulse, brought to you by Eliason Financial. Now, construction season is upon us, and joining me this morning to talk about the many projects that will be happening in our area this year is the Senior Public Relations Specialist for the Wyoming Department of Transportation, our district, number four, Laura Dallas. Good morning, Laura. Good morning, Floyd. How are you today? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I like the weather outside. Uh, I do enjoy the rain a little bit more. I would like to see a little more moisture, but other than that, I kind of enjoy it. Now, tonight, I've heard rumor that around 8 to 10 p.m., if the sky remains clear, we may be able to actually see some of the northern lights out there. Ooh. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. Right? All the way, uh, you know, from the north of the world to our little state here in Wyoming. Now, as I said, you are the senior PR specialist for YDOT in the area. Mm-hmm. When you're dealing with this many projects in a year, how do you prepare 
for something like this show or the or like a news briefing? Because that's a lot of information, a lot of different construction processes that need to take place. How do you prepare for that? Well, these projects are they show up on our step, our state transportation improvement program, and that's our six year look at to what our construction is going to look like over the next six years. So I'm familiar with what projects are coming up each year. So I have a little six year prep to say like yeah. <laughs> where I'm going to be, what am I going to be doing this year regarding projects? And then um, we just have pre-con meetings with once the projects are let, then we get the um, winner of the bid. And then we have these pre-con meetings with our resident engineers and then the company that receives the award. And we go through this, this scope and the schedule um, which is our timeline and what the project's going to entail. So w- I attend those meetings, so I have that background information. And then I just rely heavily on my re- resident engineer and my district construction engineer here in Sheridan and the other shops that we have around the, our district, and they're kind of my go-to. And we have project um, engineers of sorts. They're more they're assigned. Each of our construction staff members are then assigned these certain projects. So I'm like, have a pretty good relationship with them and just for the daily operations or weekly updates of like where where's the project at when's it going to start what are we going to be doing this week versus next week are we going to have any closures just various nuances of these projects so those are like my go-to resources um and i just you know kind of a bit organized <laughs> <laughs> a little bit right <laughs> i try to make it my little board and my wall makes it look like i know what i'm doing but um it just staying on top of it and just open communication with my crew and everything. So six years. Yeah. That's, that's how far that's far wide out. out plans out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so no, no farther than that. Well, there's the back page, which is seven, eight year, nine years out. Um, but that's just kind of a holding page of projects that, yeah. you know, it could be, it could or, be yeah. or looking forward, it'll get moved that, you know, so when 22 falls off, then we'll add 27, what's 22, 28, <laughs> we'll add that onto, and so it just kind of back frogs, I guess, is that even a term? Uh, it can, <laughs> backwards frog leap, right? Yeah, the back page moves to the back Back page and forward, but anyway. So when it comes to uh, sitting and planning, at what point do they really look at, okay, we need money for this one? Mm-hmm. Is that three years out, two years out? Oh, heavens, it's many years out. Uh, but then it could be like this year too. Maybe something happened to a section of road. So our maintenance crews will say, hey, you know, we had... Something, something an happened. accident yeah, or something. Or, yeah. Well, it's mostly just the structure and integrity of the road may have failed for some reason. Like our slide repairs are a great example. We don't plan for slide repairs. That's, you know, Mother Nature coming in and saying, oh, okay, this is something we're going to have to do. So they have a program in place that identifies and deals with that and has money set aside to pay for that kind of stuff. Um, but our maintenance, we have um, road tours. We have road budget meetings with maintenance, and they identify sections of roads that need to be looked at, as well as our construction crews and our REs. They're constantly driving the roads in our districts, and they're constantly looking at what needs to be done, um, improvements. Even our traffic gal, Michelle, she'll look at safety issues or um, just what other nuances or components of those roads need to be addressed or updated or whatever it may be. And so they're constantly in communication. We have meetings throughout the year all the time talking about, okay, what needs to be done here? What needs to be done there? What can be done immediately? What needs to be pushed? What needs to be put onto the stip? Um, what can be managed by our maintenance, paving operations in the summer? Um, so there's a whole, whole slew of slew things, of things and, and yeah. groups and, and you know, um, components of our district and YDOT that all work in concert with each other and try to keep our roads safe. And that, like what kind of happened out here east of town not very long ago when we had that slide out there. Yeah. That wasn't expected. No, it was it, it was kind of on the radar because um, it the road had starting, the shoulders had started to slough off a bit. And so we were watching it, and but then it just one day went because of the nuance of geology yeah. <laughs> and water and all that, you know, cool geology stuff came into play. And so that was one of those where, well, we were trying to hold on to it as long as we could, but... But nature's going to do whatever she wants to do. Now, how many projects are happening in our district, District 4, this construction season? So in Sheridan, we have roughly nine projects, whether they're the the big mill and overlays or the traffic signal or some of our um, obvious 
to the gen- the traveling public sees and you know we're detouring or we're dropping speed limits but then um we have like some chip seal projects that are just like small localized little projects here and there we've got some striping we've got some upgrades there's getting epoxy striping job here in town just littler projects but certainly you know not of any lesser value so that's kind of the Sheridan area but then district-wide I'm a little cheat sheet from the stip and it looks like we've got 50 active projects wow. here and there just of different varieties and stuff so yeah, it's, it's going to be a really busy season for us here in District 4 and across the state as a whole. I mean, most of the other districts are equally as busy, and their stip is just as full. So Now, is, is that typical to, to look at the beginning of a construction season with 50 projects, or is this like this is just a busy year? I think it's a more busy year, perhaps, at least for the four years I've been here. It seems like we've got a lot going on um, across the, our district, so I think... Um, it just is how the stip comes together and how the projects fall into it. Now, before we go too much further, we're not going to get into uh, some of the funding that has come down from the feds because with the way that YDOT gets things done, which mm-hmm. is why I wanted to touch on this timeline, we don't know exactly where that's going to go as of yet. It will go somewhere. But you guys haven't had that big discussion as of yet, just little ones that are going on. And I just want people to know. Yeah, as far as the IJA money, that money coming out of D.C. and all that, they, I mean, some of it has been earmarked and identified, um, but it doesn't, it's, there's a lot that goes with it and there's a lot of nuances about it. So I think that would be a really great conversation for a Later date. Later date. So we'll give you all things IJA at some later time. Because, you know, the rules attached to that thing are really kind of what's the hurdles in in the way of a lot of different government officials locally. So let's begin with the projects that are currently active. And the one that I know is on everybody's mind out there, the 5th Street and Sheridan Avenue traffic signal. When is this project expected to wrap up? You know, our crew out there, Casper Electric, is doing a really good job staying on schedule, and my understanding is that's mid-May-ish, mid to it should be completed. I was told this morning that tonight they're going to be closing, well, not really closing, but they're going to be um, managing some um, holding traffic as they uh, bring in those mast arms on all four of those corners. And so from between 7 and 9, there's just going to really be holding traffic. Flaggers are going to be in place just to allow the them to put those mast arms up um, and just secure them to the bases there at those four those four corners of that. And so you say seven to nine, roughly, would be yeah. a good time to avoid that area. Yeah, if you can, it'll help. It'll help us get through there a little bit quicker, and then also you know relieve any potential issues. Yeah. So yeah. Less traffic, less problems. Right? Exactly. Now, uh, how did YDOT determine that there was a need for this light in this section of the city? Um. So I think most people know that travel that during peak times to make a left-hand turn on and off of there is, can be a bit challenging, and especially when the railroad has decided to go through town and there's some backup there and people are, like, doing their own little detours. So there was a little bit of a demand. They did do a traffic study to see what the traffic volumes were in there. They didn't quite warrant um, that a signal was needed in there, but because the city approached us a number of years ago about doing some corridor improvement between the railroad and the inter- intersection there, or the interchange there at I-90, um, we started looking at some opportunities for funding for that corridor project, and then part of that was request to put that traffic signal in. So it was kind of a preemptive install to coordinate along with that um, the corridor project. The thing with that traffic signal is most of you know that at one point in time, Fifth Street was a state highway. And so over the years, they've done agreements with the city where, okay, we'll go in and do this improvement. And one example is when they did the on the walking path there on 5th and Val Vista area along Goose Creek. So we put that in there, and when, in an agreement was that, okay, we're going to put this in for you, but now you're going to take over North 5th Street, and that's going to become the responsibility and ownership, if you want to say, of the city. Well, this traffic signal is now going to be, we're going to put this traffic signal in for the city and then, we're going to pass it over that 5th Street section. We're going to give it back to the city, and then that's going to become there. So all of 5th Street will now be city of Sheridan and not YDOT. Oh, so there's a lot more going on with this than oh, yeah. just yeah. throwing in a light. Yeah. So oh. This is all part of these, you know, 
some of the grant funding that we get, the urban systems money that we get, and just agreements and various, uh, you know, uh, cooperation with the state or the city and the county governments. Yeah. There's a lot involved in that. Yeah, that's all, like another whole other yeah, topic. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. Another radio. Yeah. Uh, and now, <clears throat> for those that don't know, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Laura, when we're driving down the street, and we hit those little uh, wires in the street now and mm-hmm. then. They give the old thump to thump sound. That's a traffic study taking place, yep. right? You, you're essentially counting yep. what's coming through. Mm-hmm. And, and and what? Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, that's exactly what happens. <laughs> that's wow. what it is. So they're counting cars, and that itself is a, is a, so. If you drive that route uh, often. But you don't like driving over those things. You're almost kind of doing yourself an injustice by taking a different route. So uh, continue what you usually do and uh, be counted among that. I always felt bad driving over those. I thought I was doing something wrong. No, they're counting your car. That's how they keep track of uh, traffic. It'll count the car and the time of day in which that vehicle. And so that helps us determine the traffic volumes, the time of day that there is the most traffic, the least amount of traffic. And then that helps us determine whether an intersection warrants a a traffic signal or a new one or upgraded one or whatever it may be. So there's all kinds of information that comes off of those little ropes that go across. Yeah, and that's all you got to do is just string one of those across, and it just counts mm-hmm. the tires that hit it. Now, how often uh, does YDOT hold public meetings for large projects like this? Uh, and and I, I don't know if you would even consider that traffic light a large project. No. Would it? no? Usually it depends on the scope of the project. So for instance we've had the main street project that we're going to be doing next summer downtown main street that whole um we're going to tear up the existing roadway city's going to come in and do the utilities upgrades and then we're going to come back and repave that so because of that project the nature and scope of that project we have to hold public meetings we have to notify the public the businesses the merchants the building owners like hey this is what we're going to do and that's typically let's see my first one i think was in 19 that we held a public meeting to say this is coming forward this is what it's going to entail. These are going to be some of the impositions that we're going to have during this time period. So I've had one of those. Um, and then typically on the project timeline, it depends. To, usually there's about three public meetings depending on the type of work. For this one, once we get an idea, and that's, I'm hoping to get final information of what that schedule is going to look like and how we're going to go about doing that Main Street project next summer, then I'll be hosting a public meeting saying, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is the timeline. This is where contractors are going to be during this period of time, and this is kind of what it's going to look like. And then once we go to the project, then we'll be holding public meetings like every week just to update the community. So that one's a little different just because it's I'm, I'll be in everyone's face constantly during that project, which is good. We need to keep people you know, informed and um, up to date on what is going on there. But so like um, others, as far as just a mill and overlay, if it's out in the middle of wherever, we don't hold public meetings for that. We'll, I'll do a press release or something saying, hey, we're going to be paving out at U-Cross, so heads up. More like an awareness campaign right. than anything else. The public meetings are mostly more for urban projects or a major reconstruction or rebuild or something like that, where we have to get the public's input in case, uh, like a Ranchester Bridge, we had public meetings with that one. So that we could get some input from the public and the city, the town of Ranchester and the Dayton groups and say, hey, is there anything else we can do in accordance with this project? And that's like kind of where a traffic signal or a corridor project or some kind of enhancements are, they, you know, the city will come and say, hey, we want to put streetlights in while you're doing this project or you're tearing up Main Street, so we want to go and upgrade our utilities, those kind of things. And then people can come and get buy-in or just an understanding of what the project's going to entail. Who is it? Because every public uh, meeting that produces comments, every comment is read and and acknowledged. Who is it that sits down and reads all those and then feeds it up the chain? Um, typically, they'll come to me um, if it's a if it's a handwritten one. Most of the times, they're just you know conversations in the meetings and people just raise their hands. Well, what about this and what about this? And we just answer the question right then and there. And of course we document the question and the response that we give. And so it's, you know, we have it recorded and it's documented. Um, just a lot of one-on-one conversations with people or we'll get some emails and occasionally. And so if it's something that I'm not familiar with, I'll direct it to the appropriate person on my, in my crew and we move forward from there. 
Now, I, I got to take a quick commercial break, but before I go, I just I just wanted to know, have you ever received so much blowback on a project that it changed the landscape of what was going to happen? Not completely changed the landscape, but it does maybe tweak a project a little bit here and there, but nothing like um, like totally revamping it. But we've made adjustments if yeah. needed, and if it's appropriate and realistic and affordable. Yeah, and and something that maybe you know the engineers were like, oh yeah, that's a great point, you mm-hmm. know, because they're worried about roads uh, and they're worried about getting it done right, and sometimes uh, it takes takes the public to throw uh, all the ideas into the bucket, yeah. right? Some of them are great. Some of them are like, well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll think sorry, about that you're one. you're upset. <laughs> all right. When we return, we're going to continue with the Wyoming Department of Transportation. This is Public Pulse at 930 KROE, 103.9 FM, Sheridan. Today isn't just another ordinary day. It's time for you to make a career change. And your locally owned McDonald's in Sheridan, Buffalo, and Gillette would like you to join their team. Owner Larry Storo. Bob, you can earn up to $15 per hour. And even better is that you can work today and get paid tomorrow. We'll help you improve your career potential with benefits that include health insurance, paid vacation, tuition assistance, flexible scheduling, food discounts, and more. Apply in person today at your locally owned McDonald's. Three minutes station. Sheridan, Three Buffalo, minutes to your net. Hi, this is Christy Kinghorn with Buffalo Realty, and let's talk about Lot 10 in the beautiful Shiloh Edition. This stunning property is adjacent to city land and the walking path. This is a nice, striking mountain views of the Bighorns and the rolling foothills. No wells or septic to worry about with city water and city sewer taps available. Call me, Christy Kinghorn, today about Lot 10 Shiloh Edition. Buffalo Realty, connecting people with property. Hoops Hysteria, presented by Sheridan Motors and Homestar. Let's weigh in with our VIPs on the national championship. I got Duke 7166. I'm going with Duke 7469. Better blue. It's quite literally the blue bloods. And that's a great show. It's on Yeah, It's a great show, too. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't even get that. That was funny. Yeah, okay. Blue bloods. I got you. Duke to win it all? Yeah, I'll go Duke. Just for the story. Shashevsky into the sunset with the chipper. Is that a way to ride out to win an NCAA tournament? Uh, Yep. Mic drop. Welcome back to Public Pulse, brought to you by Eliason Financial. I'm Floyd Whiting. This morning, I'm with the Senior Public Relations Specialist for the Wyoming Department of Transportation, District 4, Miss Laura Dallas. And we're discussing the many projects that are or will be taking place within the Sheridan region this year. Now, uh, one of the issues that uh, we just wanted to touch on very quickly is uh, a water line happened to be clipped during the 5th Street and Sheridan Avenue traffic signal installation. Uh, It's a tight space in some of those roadways, isn't it, Laura? It is, yeah. And when you're dealing with trees and tree roots and various things, there's a lot that goes underground. Although, you know, they come in and they, they totally figure out where these utility lines are, what the depth is, what the angle, what distance they follow. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff that goes in to prepare for that. They're just not digging blindly. But if a tree root doesn't want something somewhere, it's going to well, push its way and through. That's, and I'm not sure if that's exactly what the case was with this one, but in the past there's been like a tree root, you know, the, the water line goes at a certain angle at a certain depth and all that, and they know where that's all at. But sometimes maybe a tree root just does what it does. It Maybe it lifts that line a certain degree or drops at a certain degree and when they're boring it'll just like clip the bottom of it or you know things like that so it's just just one of those things that happens no project is perfect and they have as much information as they can possibly get sorry gather before they go in and do that and it just was just a fluke just one of those things that does happen on a construction project but Mm -hmm. they got it fixed pretty quick oh yeah they were in in and out you know it took them took them a while to locate which valve turned off what but they got the city came in and figured that out and then they spent all night they were there till six o'clock in the morning our contractors you know doing the repairs and back to business now the Ranchester Bridge. We touched on this a little bit during the public meeting discussion. What was the issue with this bridge to start out? So that Ranchester Bridge is 
the oldest bridge in the system, in YDOT system. It was built in the 40s, so it's it's served its time. There was also um, some issues with it didn't meet current railroad specs for as far as height for clearance of um, the trains that come under there. So it was just a combination of various things. The primary factor is that it was aged out, and it was one of the last bridges that to, that needed to be replaced with a newer um, bridge. There's also the little bit of the uh, the angle of that bridge comes into town and it kind of swoops a little bit. Um, so the new bridge is going to decrease that angle as you're coming off in down into Ranchester there at the intersection of Coffeen. So um, a lot of little things, but it's just it was time to be replaced. Yeah. Now, now, what has been done to the bridge so far? Well, right now the contractors have been working on the eastbound lane, um, putting in the new bents and abutments, the shafts, and just getting the structural integrity of that bridge built in place so that they can start putting in girders and stuff, and they're working on that eastbound lane. Once that eastbound lane is complete, then we're going to switch traffic onto um, over, and then we'll put the westbound lane structures in and then bring it all together. Now, that's got to be kind of a challenge for our engineers. How do I raise a bridge without <laughs> stopping traffic? Uh, that's that's quite a feat, in in, in my opinion. Yeah, our bridge engineers in, in Cheyenne, they you know, they they, they, want, they know what they're doing. <laughs> There's a lot that goes into it. So that is pretty They do a amazing. great job in designing those bridges. Did uh, did you receive any negative feedback from uh, individuals during those public meetings? I, I don't know why anyone would be upset that we're getting rid of a bridge from the 40s, but was mm-hmm. there? No, not really. I think their biggest concern was, um, are you going to be closing the bridge down? Are we going to have to access... You know, what about access into the community and on down into Dayton and over the mountain and stuff? So those are big concerns. We addressed them. Um, you know, the idea was like we're not going to we're going to keep traffic volume traffic going as much as we possibly can. Um, I will say, though, that um, things plans change and situations change. We will be doing a very short closure of the railroad bridge, um, that Branchester Bridge um, end of April, early part of May. We still haven't locked down the exact time when that is. Um, our contractor, we need to bring in these girders, and that's the structure that goes across, and then we put the deck on top of that. And they're quite extensive. I was told last week they're about seven feet in depth, and they're 30-some feet long. So they're, Wow. They're big, big, cum- cumbersome ideas. So, And because of the angles of the railroad going under there and the angle of the bridge, and there's all kinds of stuff involved in it, we're going to have to offload those girders from the bridge itself and so then we're going to be doing a night closure um, from 7 p.m. to 6 a.m. And we're going to have traffic diverted, um, you know, to local traffic, close to some traffic. But anyway, there's more to come on that. I Until I have an exact um, plan in play, I'm yeah. not going to really throw much more information out there. But we'll certainly be sharing that information and updates on what that's going to look like at a later date. So be on the listen and look for that information. How often are the bridges inspected by YDOT? Yearly. Yearly. Mm-hmm. So it, once a year, somebody comes by, checks everything out, make sure there's no cracks. or yeah. They're kind of on a, a, a rotation. So certain bridges in certain areas will get looked at this year, and then the next year it's another group, and they just kind of year after year will still look at bridges. And that's also another thing where um, you know our maintenance and our construction folks, when they come in and look at our systems, they're, they notice, oh, well, there's some damage to this bridge, or this needs some, it's going to probably last another couple of years, and we're going to have to address this for whatever reason. So constantly, everything on our system is constantly being looked at and evaluated. Now, just so folks know, and, and they're reassured, emergency vehicle access in and out of Ranchester will be at all times. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. Now, other projects, uh, US 1416, you cross to Claremont. What needs to happen on this Roadway. Um, so that's just a, one of those sections of roads that's been due for a, a facelift. You know, we're going to be just doing a basic mill and overlay. There's a few soft spots in that road where you kind of like the, the road heaves or the, the current pavement is alligatored or it's breaking up. And so it's just a matter of time before it potholes out. So um, there's going to be a few areas in there where we're going to do some spot repairs. And that's building up that sub base underneath the the. Um, pavement, asphalt paving, and so building that up, and then we're going to come in and just pave again. So. Alligator. Is is that <laughs> the term for, for once it all starts to kind of break up, that yeah, asphalt it kind of looks like a, loses yeah. its uh, integrity? And, yeah. 
That's pretty good term. Yeah, I know. There's some, <laughs> there's some pretty cool construction terms. I like kind of like Uncle X. I think that's my favorite one. Well, now, what is an Uncle X? Unclaimed reclamation. So it's like, um, it's uh, not unclaimed. Now it's unclaimed excavation. So it's like dirt that's being removed. Oh. And so, so to the side. I, uh, <laughs> Uncle X. <laughs> I know. Now, when will uh, US 1416 begin? Uh, so we got to wait for the snow to get off of um, the Granite Pass gravel pit up there. Um, on 14, that's where the our contractor is going to get the the gravel to make the asphalt. And so um, when that starts melting off and then get in there, then it's kind of projected maybe late June, early mid-May is when they're hoping to be able to start that project. You're also going to be throwing some fencing up. Uh, now, is fencing expensive? Uh, and, and, you know, I ask this, my father refences areas every single year by himself. So he's... Mm-hmm. Oh, he's going to hate me for this. 77 years old. He's up there doing it by himself. Good in the for mountain. him. Oh, yeah. He's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, but uh, he spends quite a quite a dime on that every year. I can only imagine what you guys have to spend for fencing. Well, yeah. And as with any kind of paving project, we usually throw in a upgrading to the fencing system because, you know, we have to – it's our right away. So it's our, our responsibility to fence, fence out state. So – um, typically, um, it is two to three foot, two to three dollars. What did I tell? Two to three dollars per foot to put new fence in. And of course, that includes the post, the wiring, and I'm assuming some labor costs involved in that. But as we all know, materials, the cost of materials has gone up. So I'm not quite sure what that price is now, but it's it's a chunk of change. How do you guys adjust for that? Uh, so we got a big project coming up this year. We've itemized everything. We're all set to go, and then all of a sudden inflation we when we prepare that step they do put inflation costs in there oh they do so they go they have already adjusted for the adjustment yep that's pretty amazing even six years out they've adjusted for the inflation costs for you know a project that they put in the step this year there's already an inflation and each year that inflation adjusts as the project gets closer and so they just try to guess to their best ability oh, they, on... They got some secret math for me. <laughs> yeah. I'm not privileged, too. So. Well, I'm probably privileged. I just probably wouldn't understand it. That one's for the accountants. Now, how often do they actually have to mill and overlay highways? You know, typically it depends on the, the route, the volume, the conditions of the road, whether it gets a lot of snow or not. Uh, just There's a lot of things that go into it. But my, my understanding is every 10 to 15 years, typically, a road will get some kind of treatment on it now a mill and an overlay and and i'm gonna guess here correct me if i'm wrong this is where we strip the top layer off Mm -hmm. and then we put in those little i guess you can call them rails or or we grind in tracks into our road and i think if you've driven a decent amount everybody has seen a roadway being milled like this am i correct is that what it is yeah you're correct so they can bring in these these machines that go in and chew up the, the asphalt paving, and then they, because of how the blades are, it just leaves those little grooves. And so then they haul that um, asphalt off, and then they bring new stuff in and just lay it down in that in that new... And the know, grooves just provide a great traction. Well, that's just the under underneath, so it just, I don't really think they have much of a purpose. It's just... <laughs> how they get how that old Fun asphalt gets on. chewed That's up. <laughs> yeah. So. Now, uh, have you have they told you of any long delays that may take place on fourteen sixteen, or is this going to be one of those jobs that we can kind of drive as we go? Yeah, it's going to be. Um, there'll be some flagging um, throughout the project here and there, and of course, when we start paving and milling, there's always flaggers in play. That's you know one of our key safety. Um, offerings so nothing like long term the traffic out there is very low so it's not like we're going to have long lines of vehicles waiting to get through um so very minimal impacts perfect Mm -hmm. all right now one more before we go to break the fifth street corridor crook street to lincoln street Mm -hmm. what needs to happen in that corridor well it did get um let and the bid was awarded i believe they're going to start some of the work on that in mid mid to april gosh and that seems my brain says it's far away, but it's actually like two weeks away. I know, yeah, right. Um, so, yeah, they're going to be doing, um, working on tearing up those older sidewalks and um, just preparing the, it's all, it's, none of the work is going to be done in the roadway itself. It'll just be all on the sidewalks and the beautification aspect of it, so. And what brought this to YDOT's attention? You know, the city approached us for 
corridor enhancement money and this is something they wanted to do and it was just one of those sure let's do it yeah <laughs> so everything came into place and it's going to happen and this is going to be one of those situations it's a beautification project mm-hmm. it's going to make everything in compliance with the disabilities act Uh, Those types of moves, Uh, kind of an update to the street, making it look a little bit better. Yeah, and, you know, we have some um, local funding grants and the surface transportation programs, urban systems money is being allocated for this. So the city, um, you know, it's a 90-10, I think, match. So we'll pay for 90% of it, and they cover 10% of that cost. And so it's a partnership um, project. So. There's money that's specifically allocated for those types of projects. And those types of projects need to happen. I mean, when you're walking into town and and you're on a nice sidewalk, Mm -hmm. you notice it. Yeah. And when you're walking in a certain part of town and the sidewalks are not nice, you notice that, too. Yes, you do. (laughs) All right. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we return, we're going to continue with the Wyoming Department of Transportation. This is Public Pulse at 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Share. Tax planning is not just tax preparation. With the changes due to tax reform over the last few years, you need a tax planner to ensure you are getting the most value for your business. We offer advisory services customized to your needs to help maintain financial viability while achieving future goals. Come see us today. Parker Mellinger, focusing on where you're going, not where you've been. It's spring cleaning time, and few things make you feel better than having a clean, shiny car or truck. It's almost like driving a new vehicle. Everybody seems to be checking you out. Feel that way again with a stop at Martini Detailing. The Martini crew will have you looking shiny and new in no time. They'll even pick up and deliver your vehicle within the city limits. Hey, it's not too early to get a gift card for Mother's Day as well. Visit Martini Detailing today at 409 Broadway in Sheridan. Wyoming Association of Taxidermy Artists is holding their state convention right here in Sheridan. Join them Saturday, April 9th at the Ramada Plaza Convention Center. Most of the gifted taxidermists from around the state will be there with wildlife mounts. Come vote for your favorite, visit with vendors, and register for gun raffles. The show will open to the public Saturday, April 9th from 8 to 4. Don't miss the 2022 Wyoming Taxidermy Show at Sheridan's Ramada Plaza Convention Center. Time to get out and enjoy some beautiful spring weather, but make sure your tires are ready for the drive, Chris Hayden. Bob, bring your vehicle down to Hammers and let us take a look at the condition of your tires. If they need to be replaced, you don't need to wait for a tire sale because we offer all the major brand tire names with a price match guarantee. If you find a better price within 30 days of the purchase, we'll refund the difference. Get on the road with new tires from Hammer Chevrolet, 107 East Townsend, online at HammerChevy.com. Is it time to get down on one knee and ask her for her hand? At Legacy Diamond and Gems, finding her dream engagement ring just got easier. Legacy offers hundreds of styles in the store or explore their website for inspiration. Looking for a gorgeous and unique engagement ring? Legacy's in-house jewelers can bring your ideas to life with original craftsmanship and quality second to none. Legacy Diamond and Gem, downtown Sheridan, online at LegacyDiamondGems.com. The office supply department continues to expand at the Sheridan Commercial Company. Hi, Kurt Smith here. Need office supplies? We're here to help. We're adding more in-stock items all the time. You can also go online to SheridanCommercial.com and view over 42,000 office supply items that you can have delivered to your office or to our store. We'll even deliver them. SheridanCommercial.com is an office supply mega website. The Sheridan Commercial Company office supply department inside at 303 Broadway or online at SheridanCommercial.com. Welcome back to Public Pulse, brought to you by Elias and Financial. I'm Floyd Whiting. With me this morning is Senior Public Relations Specialist for the Wyoming Department of Transportation, District 4, Laura Dallas. We're discussing the many projects that are or will be taking place in the Sheridan region this season. Now, we've looked at a few of them. U.S. 1416, the 5th Street Corridor is going to get some beautification done. Laura, tell me about I-90 Acme. 
Yeah, so this is a uh, follow-up from last year. We started this section, this um, this repair um, between the two Acme bridges there, the Acme interchange. So the road was giving in, heaving, frosting, rutting, all kinds of things, so alligatoring. Alligatoring. <laughs> and so that project last year, you may recall, if you went that way, we had the uh, detour. We just shot people off that exit the acne exit and then back up the on-ramp onto the I-90 was lickety split smooth no real issues with that so we're going to be doing the eastbound lane now um so that's going to be starting up here pretty soon I believe uh Jake told me we're going to be getting going on that one oh again mid-April that's the magic start date we got a lot of stuff going on starting mid-April don't we is that is, is that due to snow uh weather softening of the ground that kind of stuff I would imagine my understanding is due typically just to the soil nuances underneath the pavement yeah. and so and you know like saturation and there's all kinds of like I said it's kind of like the slide thing there's all kinds of things that go into play underneath there that <laughs> thank god we've got engineers <laughs> yeah so you know we have to remember when that the I90 was originally built that was quite a few years ago and so construction engineering all that has changed quite a bit and they know a lot more about structures of highways and stuff so that Things happen there. So anyway, we're going to be starting that eastbound lane, doing that work between the two bridges. And then once that's in place, we will then do our scheduled mill and overlay with a wearing course from, oh, what were the mile markers? I don't remember right now. Just a little bit. I think it's 15 to 20. Yeah, between 15 and 20. So the North Sheridan interchange and then just a little bit past that Acme interchange, we'll be um, resurfacing that road there. Any delays? Uh, typical flagging operations. Yeah. Maybe a five, ten minute at the most. Yeah, and we'll we'll just put traffic similar to the Piney Creek that we did last summer. You know, one lane of traffic. Um, I don't think there's any crossovers in place on that one, so everyone will be just stay in their a single lane of traffic through the construction zone. Now, the US-14 Burgess Junction East. Mm-hmm. Uh, mill and overlay with chip seal. Sibley Lake section, mile marker 57 to 65. I've spoken with uh, Sheridan City Engineer Hans Mercer. Uh, he is a smart guy, and in a very short period of time, he taught me quite a bit. Chip seal. This is something that we do every year. extends the life of the road. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all part of that milling process that we talked about before, right? Or is that something different? No, it's different. So a chip seal, and just to backtrack on that on that Burgess project we'll we will not be doing a chip seal on that after all I was oh, really on that yeah for some reason I'm not sure why that didn't get added onto it so it may become part of the project at a later time but um so what the chip seal is is essentially they put this tack down looks like it's sticky oil tar kind of stuff and then they come in with the chip seal the little chopped up rocks and um, I'm sure it has an official term, and my boss is probably <laughs> laughing at me right now. Um, the chopped up rock. Yeah, chopped up rock. <laughs> they, you know, put that down and then brush it in, and it compacts into that that adhesive, the tar, the the yeah, no, I'm totally the tack. <laughs> the tack, exactly. And then they roll it and brush it, and then it just puts a new protective surface and offers traction and onto the existing roadway. It now, gives Extends the life of the road. um, Anyone out there who's driven on this stuff extensively knows, you know, when they slow down traffic on those things, it's not just to preserve the new chip seal. It's to preserve your vehicle. Exactly. Uh, So if you think you're speeding through there and getting away with something, you're Mm -hmm. throwing that tack onto your vehicle because your tires pick that up and it'll toss it up there. So they lower the speed on these sections so that you don't pick it up and and toss it onto your vehicle, right? Right, and we don't allow traffic to to travel on that tack. That would just be real problematic, and that's why we always have do lanes at a time or sections at a time or whole traffic until we get that chip on top of it to minimize that tar, that tack from getting onto your vehicle. So, But, yeah, the biggest problem we have is the chips that come up and get kicked off and then into a windshield. Yeah. I thought you were going to say the tack is another way to measure traffic. Oh, no. Like, there's no way. <laughs> no. No, just tried to prevent uh, windshields from needing to get repaired. Mm-hmm. And if anyone's tried to scrub that tack off your car, you know the, the struggle. Yep. Now, uh, another thing that we've got going on. What needs to be done 
to the Coffin Avenue Lowell Street traffic signal. So we're just going to be upgrading that signal, um, upgrading the mast arms, and just it's more of a structural upgrade to that one. So basically just bringing it up to yeah. code. Yeah, I guess code would be a good term. <laughs> now, more of a structural thing, I believe, and uh, updating, upgrading the signal. I believe there'll be the, the sensors that determine, you know, when the light turns and not. They'll have that component in there as well. And um, yeah, it's just on one of their standard traffic signal rotation upgrades. Now, I I understand you're a PR specialist. You're not a I'm, traffic signal engineer. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but how the heck? Do many traffic signals work? You always see those individuals who think, well, if I drive up just a little bit closer, this thing's going to go green. Or or that they've got some sort of weight scale underneath the road. Or that there's some crazy IR that is scanning the air. How do they determine? All urban myth. All urban myth. (laughs) That's what I thought. That's what I thought. So how does a traffic signal, or do you know how a traffic signal actually acknowledges there's people here and not over there? Well, so traffic signals, they've got timers, they've got sensors, and some of them are more like others, others not so much. And, you know, this would be a great conversation for our traffic engineer to talk all things traffic signal, Michelle. (laughs) And, um, but... There's actually this huge mainframe in Cheyenne, and they've got their eye on every single traffic signal in the state of Wyoming, and they know when it's working, when it's not working, when maybe it needs to step up its game a little bit, whatever, and it's quite an interesting program down there. Wow. And I was just newly introduced to this, and so I was quite fascinating. But um, so, yeah, we have a whole traffic, our traffic techs, our traffic engineers, they all work every day dealing with traffic signals and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, yeah, there's a lot involved in it, but there's sensors, there's programming, there's all kinds of crazy nuances with traffic signals. But right now there's somebody in Cheyenne looking at a great big board or a program keeping track of every single light in Mm -hmm. this state. And they have detectors on them that tell us, like, okay, this one's failing, this one's not working, this one's on a constant yellow flash, you know, and so it brings them to my attention. And then the right traffic tech is notified, and then they come and address the issue. Holy cow, that's amazing. Yeah, big brother. <laughs> <laughs> He's even watching your traffic signal. He's watching signals. your traffic signal. Uh, all right, so how long does a project like uh, this usually take? How long are they going to take to get in there and just update this stuff? Uh, you know, those, those happen pretty quickly. Um, they don't really have any, I don't think on this one, and I could be wrong, but I don't think they have to do any st- like putting in new bases or anything like that. Um, I could definitely get back to you on that one. Um, but those usually take are pretty quick, and they they work on the peripheral of the the intersection. And sometimes they may have to you know do lane closures just to do what they need to do to keep them and the public safe. But it's minimal to you know impact on the traveling public. Now I'm going to put you on the spot here just Uh-oh. real quick. I know, right? Um, when YDOT does get complaints, what is the one complaint that you actually hear most from individuals when it comes to construction and stuff like that? Oh, I think it just very it varies. I don't know that we really get too many complaints about actual construction. It's more of just like an, the imposition of taking away valuable time maybe or wondering like well this road didn't seem like it needed repairing or redone why but this road needs attention those kind of things i think most of our complaints we get are more winter related really and plowing operations um why was this road closed when the you know various things it just it really varies and quite honestly i don't really get a lot of complaints well that's good yeah you know we have a pretty well-oiled machine up here and i think we have our traffic volumes are much lower than anywhere else in the state, so that helps, too. We don't have a lot of people, so that's nice. Now, you were ha- having trouble filling the labor force, like mm-hmm. so many individuals uh, and companies throughout the nation. Uh, you held a job fair. Mm-hmm. You got you got quite a few people up there. Yeah, we've filled almost all of those vacancies. So that's mm-hmm. what I was going to ask. Yeah. What are we looking for still? Are we still looking for maybe a college kid to show up for the summer and, and grab like a 
small construction job or something? Yeah, we do have 10 positions open, both in construction, um, in all of our district offices throughout, like Gillette, Buffalo, Newcastle, Sundance. You know, so it's a great opportunity for engineering majors to come get a summer job and work for construction and learn the learn that part of it. So we are still taking applications for those. And then um, we do have, unfortunately, we've had a big turnover in Gillette with our maintenance crew. So we're looking to fill, I think, now seven positions on our maintenance crew. Um, and with summer paving ops, that's really something we need to, like, really fill. Um, and I think we have one or two here in Sheridan, Burgess Junction, Buffalo area. So we're we're pretty well staffed up up here, but our Gillette crew is looking a little... A little light, yeah. yeah. So there are positions, though, that oh, yeah. kids can head out there and Absolutely. apply for. Yep. Uh, great summer job. Pays very well. All right. Laura, I want to thank you for coming in and talking with us today and going over all these projects. And uh, let me put you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having us. All right. You've been listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Sheridan. Like most families, the Alpha Graphics family continues to grow and evolve to better serve their friends and customers throughout Northeast Wyoming. As part of that growth, Alpha Graphics owners Matt and Nadine Gale have acquired longtime printer Sheridan Printing. If you're looking for large or small format printing, graphic design, or marketing services, look no further than Alpha Graphics, 2266 North Main Street in Sheridan, or online at alphagraphicsheridan.com. Here at Brackleton. We not only go the extra mile on quality, we are dedicated to bringing that quality to the table with a devotion to freshness and eye appeal. But let's talk lunch and the original bar and grill half-pound burger with your choice of four different cheeses served with lettuce, tomatoes, red onions, and pickled slices on a Kaiser roll. Sides include sweet potato fries, shoestring fries, truffle fries, sautéed spinach, or coleslaw. Brackleton's for lunch, Main Street downtown Sheridan. This public service announcement sponsored by Pilch Engineering, serving Sheridan and Johnson Counties. Are you dreaming of owning your own home? During the month of April, Habitat for Humanity will be accepting applications for our homeownership program and you are invited to apply. These quality, affordable, and energy efficient homes are being built in Sheridan and in Ranchester. For eligibility guidelines and for more information on how to apply, visit SheridanHabitat.org or call 672-3848. Habitat for Humanity is an equal opportunity lender. Bonjour, this is Belle. Bonjour, this is Gaston. We invite you to the Bighorn High School production of Beauty and the Beast. April 1st through April 8th at Bighorn High School. Purchased at BighornDrama.com and at the door. Come enjoy this classic love story like you've never seen before. Starring me. Gaston, please. Act professional. Uh, we, we hope, hope to, to see, see you at, at the, the show. show. Sponsored in part by Sheridan Media. Hey. 